So I found out something very interesting from Katie today. Oh, nice. You know, or What's that? you may or may not know about this. She has, uh, she got three rats. Did you know about that? Yeah, I think you showed me a picture. Yeah, she has three rats now. So, or technically we have three three rats. Katie's a bit of an animal enthusiast. <clears throat> to say the least, yeah. She has a few animals, which is fine. Like Again, an understatement. Takes, yeah, she takes, she takes care of them very well. And uh, she's, a, she's a good mother to them. Well, she got three rats. Um, there were three originally. She was going to just go for two, but then there was, she didn't want to leave one behind because she felt bad. Because she has a heart. Aww. Well, it turns out one of them, she called me today, and, and one of them was getting a bit fatter than the other two randomly. And she was like, oh, that's very strange. He was eating his brothers. No, they were fine. Oh. Um, turns out he is a she. <gasps> And she is pregnant. <laughs> Wait. Another way that can, means... Another way you can tell that rats are females, apparently, is you can see that they have nipples, and boy rats don't have nipples, apparently. Makes sense. Makes and biological sense. I told, she said, uh, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, well, first of all, let's Google how many they can have in one setting. Oh, it's a, it's a decent it's amount, I would imagine. It's 10 to 12. Wow. 10 to 12. 10 being the lower end, right? And yes. <laughs> no, 12 is the low end. <laughs> <laughs> no, the lower end of litters. Right. <laughs> yeah. You dingus. Uh, so yeah, she she's. I told her I was like, okay, well you you can't own fifteen rats. I'm <laughs> just letting you know now. That's yeah. And she's I like, she that. agreed to that, and she, so she's gonna talk to her, her vet, the vet she goes to for the animals, and ask what she would advise her to do. Weaponize them. I don't think weaponizing them is the thing to do. Believe it or not. Why not? It just doesn't have an feel army right. of rats. Like the Pied Piper? Yes. Or the, 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 the bubonic Piper, plague. Didn't the Pied Piper like lure children? I think so. They should jump off this yeah. subject. <laughs> Either that or the... Isn't there like something in Alice in Wonderland that had something similar? That's a rabbit. What? You're talking about the rabbit that leads her into the... There's no, no I was talking about it. that one... The, a walrus. Oh, yeah, the walrus. Yeah. It, he, would, he was um, doing like a Pied Piper thing, but with uh, uh, oysters. Yes, I remember. The oysters, that was so that's what sad. it was. Oh, that was so sad because they were like the cute little thing. Oh, I know, and then they became food. Let's just not think of it. It's a good thing I don't really like oysters, or seafood for that matter. I have a complaint. Okay, that was extended. So, I didn't get the chance to listen to last episode until recently, which was posted when it was posted. I won't date when we recorded this. <clears throat> but my friend Sheriff... Uh, That's me. ...did some... Oh, before I get into this, welcome to the Nonsensical Brilliance Podcast. Yeah, I was seeing Hello. how long it was going to be before, <laughs> gonna be a while. before you did that. <laughs> it was going to be a while. Welcome to Nonsensical Brilliance, the podcast that you all love, that we love, and... And that we love that you love. And that, that we, we love. love. Yeah. I'm your host, Marcus. And with me, as always, is my good old pal and editor-in-chief and maybe traitor, depending on what I have to say next. I'm going to go for, for Sheriff. just traitor. Okay, yeah. Sheriff. Hey, how's Hi. it going? That's me. Uh, editor-in-chief, traitor, um, saboteur, even? Mm, mm, yes. Mm, some would say. So anyway, uh, I, I hadn't listened until recently, so you did a wonderful editing job uh, of adding the elevator music, which was fantastic, in between our dream part two and the movie review. But you did something else that disappointed me. We've done two PSAs on this, pa on this podcast <laughs> in two episodes. I don't remember which ones. We did two PSAs, and I loved it that we did them. We had one person talking and a person in the background, and it was very, very funny. Sheriff decided to do a PSA without my knowledge. He did it by himself. Now, granted, it was very funny as well. I did find it funny, and I did enjoy it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. It is a compliment, but I'm a little disappointed you didn't tell me about it. And when I said that to you, you said, well, you weren't here. And I said, well, you could have told me. Okay. And I would have stayed. All right. Next time I'm editing at 1 a.m. and recording yes. a PSA, I'm going to call you up, <laughs> call me get on the you phone. to drive over to my house. No, 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 Just call me on the phone and we'll do it over the phone. <laughs> just Even worse quality. Okay. We're doing that next time. No. We're doing it. Probably. You asked for this. I know you guys didn't. Well, you know what would be funny? Because, you know, we talked about getting a new mixer, which will allow phone calls. 
We should do that. <laughs> that would be actually kind of funny. It would work. That would work next time we do one, which will hopefully be down the road or possibly soon. Who knows? Not the point. And it's not phone calls. It's it's Skype. Skype calls. I'm so sorry. Or any computer program that I'm allows so it. I'm so sorry. I've disappointed you once again. Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking we, of disappointments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Marcus. Yeah. No, Hello. <laughs> Hello. The biggest disappointment of all. No, no, no. Speaking of Skype and the such, like I yeah. was toying with the idea of making a Discord server, but just specifically for getting guests on and, and speaking with them. But that might be a little, that might be jumping ahead of the gun a little bit. Possibly. We don't have the mixer yet. <laughs> we don't have the mixer yet. We need to wait till we get the mixer before we do that. It's probably a good idea. Anyway. Um, let's just jump right into what let's we're just, supposed to be talking let's about just today. Jump into it. There's no real story. Let's hippity hop right right onto the spot. <coughs> I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it made me sick. Good. <laughs> Sabotage. <laughs> just start throwing up. Um, so I contacted you about this uh, topic that I came up with. Um, similar to the dreams one, it's another smart topic. Believe it or not, we got a couple under our belt. Smart quote. <laughs> I started slurring my words. I'm drunk. <laughs> this is I'm supposed a, to be a clean podcast. I've been drinking. Despite what, what iTunes says. I've been drinking. No. Um, so I contacted you about this documentary that a friend. Of, I don't know why I'm hiding his identity. We talk about him constantly. Clint, my coworker. Uh, introduced me to called um, Eastwood. Eastwood, yes. <laughs> you work with Clint. I Eastwood? work with Clint Eastwood. How did you know? He does the movies, right? Not anymore. Oh, no. Now he's my um, my barber. You work at a barber shop now? I thought you worked in manufacturing. I sweep floors. Oh, I so. lost my job. I sweep <laughs> floors. They heard the podcast. They quit. They fired me. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I was just going to say you got a side job, but sure. <laughs> Go with You got fired because of the podcast. They heard here. the podcast. In fact, they liked most of it until they heard me talk about... Um, until they heard me talking about cows and chocolate milk. They said, "That's you've gone too far. All you've right. gone too far. If too you sorry. believe that, then... If you believe that, <laughs> if you appreciate the, the canoe over the spork, then how dare you get out uh, of our business? They were spife people, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they were spife people. You're right. <laughs> um, no, so uh, he introduced me to this documentary called Three Identical Strangers. Um, it's not on Netflix. It is, however, available on Amazon Video. Uh, I think you have to, to rent. rent it, though, right? You can yeah, rent it yeah. or buy it. Or buy it. I'm sure there's probably other places you can get it safely. Oh, I hit my mic. Um, you gotta stop doing. I that. just it's You're abusing it's a it. natural instinct to, for me to comment on what I'm doing. And now I burped. And just don't come no, on. We just talked. I didn't about burp. This. Actually, it was a hiccup. I lied. It wasn't a burp. So not not only are you. Talking about stuff that shouldn't be... You're lying about stuff yeah. that you shouldn't be <laughs> yeah, talking exactly. about. Um, it's a really good documentary, and we're actually going to kind of go into it in this episode. Um, and so I'm going to preface it now. We may not even do a PSA for it. We might just let you know now. Um, there is going to be kind of spoilery talk about this documentary. Because the things that are involved in this documentary... For us to be able to have the conversation of nature versus nurture, which is the title of this episode... Um, I, I assume you may change it on me last minute. It I'm could, not going to name it that just because you said that. It, it could be, you could call it. It's going to be nurture versus nature. No. <laughs> My worst fears. Um, Saboteurs. <laughs> to have that kind of conversation really about this uh, documentary, I f- we can't really hold back on details. So I'm giving you the warning now that this episode is going to be about this documentary and specifically about nature versus nurture overall. So if you, in my opinion, I think you could hear these details and still have the desire to go watch this documentary. We're not going to go into frame by frame, but we're going to talk about the main points. Yeah, it's worth just, watching. There's still. kind of like a like a turn in the story, and um, what we'll talk about, we'll give that away. In case you wanted to go watch it, this would be a good time to pause it, uh, take a good watch. It's only an hour and a half. It's actually not that long. Yeah, it's not a very long and one at all. It's, it's, honestly, it flows well too to watch. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, to me, it was so interesting that the hour and a half felt like it just flew by. But yeah, um, we're gonna go ahead and give you some time to pause it or do whatever you want, and then we'll get right into it. We're just going to pause. We're not actually going to put anything in, <laughs> right? This would be a good time to practice not saying stuff that's not necessary. Like, <sighs> oh, I burped or something. But it's okay. It's okay. It was a hiccup. It. It's all right. You'll learn. I'll learn. We'll I'll all never learn. learn. 
<laughs> I'll never learn. So anyway, three identical strangers. Um, to give you a preface, um, I had Sheriff watch it recently. I, today. Literally today. <laughs> but I asked him to do it yesterday. He didn't have time and he couldn't, which is fine. Um, but yeah, uh, this documentary really just kind of grabbed a hold of me. Um, to give you a, kind of an idea of the beginning, uh, this guy named, oh, what was his first name? Bobby. I don't know. I don't know his last name. Bobby. We'll just go by Bobby. Bobby Schaefer something Schaefer you know what let me <clears throat> no, no, you, you no, no. talk about it a little bit I'm gonna bring up just like the IMD pa- IMDB page or something. sure so anyway this guy named Bobby he's like 19 uh go, getting ready for college going for his first day doesn't know anybody there knows nothing about it and he is literally uh greeted by all of these people high-fiving high-fiving him hugging him talking <clears> to him <throat> like how was your summer and it's like he has no idea who these people are but they're treating him like he is one of their closest friends. And so he's very confused by all this. He talks about how like a girl ran up and like kissed him like on the lips, like doesn't know who she is. All of a sudden people are calling him Eddie and trying to get his attention. He's like, I, I, I'm not Eddie. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. This particular, this particular uh, person's name is Robert Schaffron. Oh, Schaffron. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. I'm not going to remember that. I'll just remember Bobby. <laughs> well, it's right here on the screen. Great. So anyway, um, so all of a sudden, like he's like, I, I don't know who this Eddie is. They're like, ah, oh, okay, funny Eddie. That's good jokes. Well, then all of a sudden, this friend who was hearing all this um, comes running into this dorm and looks at him and like turns pale white almost. And he goes, when were you born? And it was like July 12th, 1961. And he goes, he says, you are almost identical to a friend of mine. Are you adopted? And he goes, yeah, I am. And so they run to this telephone and they call this guy, Eddie. And Bobby talks about how he could just hear him on the other line. And he's like, this is weird. Yeah, that gripped me because I'd never experienced that. I have siblings, but yeah. um, I'm the eldest. So I didn't really have anybody around my my particular age and my gender. So yeah. <laughs> I, my, young, my younger sister is 20, 20, 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, she's a girl, so I didn't have that that experience. But that sounds completely surreal, just hearing myself. I find it yeah. weird hearing myself recorded, let right. alone another conscious yeah, you, person and then you're but you're calling on a phone and all of a sudden yeah. you hear you i'm like whoa that is weird so yeah um they they race down to go meet each other and sure enough they're they're twins they're identical twins so they reach out and they and they tell the story to a newspaper and they post it in the in this article and it's huge news and then all of a sudden somebody else um somewhere else in new york looks at this newspaper that his friend bought him and he says he's looking at two pictures of himself yeah, two of him in the same picture so then he somehow reaches out and gets a hold of them oh i think he had said something like he called one of their mothers and said well i think i might be the third one yeah <laughs> and sure enough these were three triplets who got separated at birth um and it's a very interesting documentary overall because what you wind up finding out is that these guys are so similar. Everything they do, they talk about this when they go on like TV shows for like interviews. They uh, are sitting the same. Their mannerisms are the same. Not only just how they look. I mean, they're they're all not only their facial structures, but they all have afro type hair. They're identical. They're identical twins. I think the only thing that you can kind of tell one of them. I don't. I don't know which one, but one of them is a little bit more heavy set than the other one. Yeah, so but a little bit heavier. But, but that's still, it. it's not much of it. The same person. Yeah, and, physically. <laughs> and it's it, so this whole kind of documentary really starts off with showing how identical they are and how close they are. Well, you begin to kind of learn a little bit more about them as the as the documentary goes on, and uh, once you kind of find out the place that put them up for adoption agency, their parents wanted to find out why they separated them. Because you would think an adoption agency would keep siblings together. Yeah, and, and these these uh, these kids' story got pretty big, and they got pretty famous. So, Very famous. Uh, they got they, they just kind of wanted to see exactly what kind of led up to that story. Because it's not not really every day you, you get triplets that are completely separated to the point of where they and the thing are is, in different states or different the, parts well, of the country. Well, they're in the same state. Different parts of the country. Oh, they were in the same state. Still different parts of the country. Not in the same <laughs> part of the country. They were all in New York. But what was what was really interesting was, um, 
Bobby was like his father and mother were kind of higher higher class, not super high class. Yeah, um, his dad was a doctor. Yeah, his father was a doctor and his mother was a like an attorney. I think so. Yeah. Then uh, Eddie was kind of middle class. His family was uh, pretty well off, but nothing great. And then David, um, he was kind of more of the lower class tier, kind of the blue collar type, you know. Yeah. So they were all grow, grew up in separate kind of households, and that was what made the story so even more interesting was how similar they were, even though they grew up in different things. And that really kind of brings the nature versus nurture topic to light. Because... The they, yeah, they continue to be similar and develop similar personalities and, and, and similar interests, because it's noted in uh, the documentary that they also did in high school, they all did wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have like the same taste in cigarettes, and which was, you know, <laughs> a lot more accepted in that time. Right. And uh, same taste in women. They all like yeah. older women. Um, but And they also all had uh, older sisters. Yes. Which comes into play later. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I feel, I feel like we can go ahead and kind of, well, I'll wait there for a second. Well, when their parents kind of reached out to this place that put them up for adoption, and asked them why they separated. Or asking all these questions, they never really got a straight answer, and they were get all were getting ready to leave, when one of them realized they left their umbrella in the meeting room. And as he was going back to get it, he could hear them popping open the champagne bottle and celebrating, like they just got past something. Yeah, and that's where the the documentary kind of takes a little bit of a turn. Uh, it gets a little bit darker after that. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that. The reason that they are popping champagnes because it seems like they, they, they say in the movie that they dodged a bullet. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, uh, can we just go ahead and talk about the reason yeah, why? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. So essentially, the reason why they were so relieved at that is that nobody's, nobody's prying further into it is because this particular adoption agency uh, is kind of supplying test participants unwilling test participants because they're you know children of course uh for for an experiment done by a let me see if i can bring up the actual person who was doing the experiment oh no dead air oh no it's not dead air if you keep saying stuff Uh, okay i'll keep saying (laughs) stuff oh no (laughs) yes it is um shoot I, don't know. I can't say his name. Newbauer? Newbauer? Newbauer. Peter Newbauer. Yeah. yeah. He was doing an experiment on the separation of identical babies at birth and seeing if placing them or developing them separately results in a, like a similar person or completely different, whether it be psychological or physical or uh, metabolic, any, any, any of that sort of differences that occur uh, based on them being separated and if having them in the same household and of course uh, the parenting styles as well as what they were what they said they were aiming for and that was that kind of brings into this whole nature versus nurture thing that's what they were trying to do that was the goal at least and uh so you, you what what kind of scared me the most was you find out that these were not the only ones during this time in the 60s and part of the 70s i believe even they were doing this to a lot of twins and triplets and everything like they would they would purposely do this and not only were they experimenting and and they were uh watch like they would physically have people from the test testing or the uh the study go to the parents houses tell them that they are there just to check on the kids and see how they're doing and they would have them do different kinds of tests to check their intelligence to see what kind of environment and how they act and how they are and uh so not only were they doing those kind of tests on the children to see if they've changed at all or if they're still similar, but they were also really doing experiments on the families because then you find out why each of those guys had different types of family members or, you know, tiers of class was because they purposely put them in different tiers of class. Yeah. They also find out that, uh, not only are they, they're not the only ones. So they say that this is a pattern noted in, uh, each and every participant, uh, in the actual experiment. They say that everybody was kind of orchestrated that way. There are a group of twins, uh, that were talking on a talk show once they said that once they found that out, they felt like their entire lives had been planned out for them and they weren't really yeah. living their own lives at that point. And they kind of felt betrayed at that and they had no control over it. Right. And it kind of brings up a question of ethicality Which in is, science. To be honest with you, that's one of the things I really want to discuss once we kind of finish this overview is the ethics of it all. Because I think when you look into science, 
it's funny how to think, especially early years, probably not as much anymore, at least maybe not as much as we're aware of. Mm -hmm. Science is willing to do things for to learn, like scientists, psychologists. It feels like, especially during that time, they would they would be willing to do anything just so that they can learn the oh, yeah. positives and negatives. The fifties and sixties were a time where, especially the field of psychology was was burgeoning. It was it was really becoming it was coming to the forefront, and people were wanting to be the pioneers mm. to really bring it to light. And uh, psychology wasn't really super taken seriously uh, before then as a, as a real scientific field. Yeah. Uh, so they were people were trying to get it out there, and if they could. If somebody could actually define this nature versus nurture as a tenet of human development, then that would really solidify them uh, as, as a true pioneer of psychological science. Now, there's a bit more in the documentary there's that you know, I don't really want to go into, actually, because I don't feel it really has much to do with what we're going to be talking about. Um, and so that gives you a reason to want to go see it, because I'm leaving a good portion of the story out. Yeah, so you but got, I, you got to do your homework. <laughs> but I will say this. Um, one other thing that they brought up at the point was one of them was looking up, because for whatever reason during the 60s, that study had never been released. And the reason it kind of got brought to light, and I, I, we kind of, I want to jump back for a second because I forgot this. There was a specific reporter who was doing uh, research on on twin study is that is that it was it lawrence yes lawrence wright he's doing research on uh twins which is what brought this whole thing up to light about how there were many more of them and through his research he even got the chance to talk to the guy who started who was in charge of the research and he tried to find out well when is this information going to be released can you give me any info the guy was really kind of dodging bullets and really not really trying to answer any of the questions. But he said, yeah, we'll, we'll release it soon, maybe in about a year or so. And it never got released. Yeah, it turns out that uh, Peter Neubauer actually died uh, and passed away in 2008. And right. uh, when they tried to access the information, uh, there was actually a clause saying, uh, what was it? The University, 20, the the University, University of yeah, Yale. University of Yale, that's where it yeah. was. Uh, Yale University. They said that they weren't you weren't able to access the information until the year 2067, I believe. 66. 66. Yeah, and they they really wanted that locked up. I looked it up just to see, or I did the math. If if it stays that way, I wouldn't be able to get to see the full thing unredacted until I was 72. That's insane. Considering you, you make it That's that insane. long. Yeah, I know. yeah, seriously. They really didn't want the people of Over a hundred years since they started the study was when they would be willing to let it go. So that brings us into the first topic I want to talk about. Because I think nature versus nurture is going to be a bigger conversation. In your opinion, when it comes to the ethics of science, first of all, do you think that we have truly stopped the... Uh, because like we were just saying, during the 60s and the 50s, they were willing to probably do anything to test stuff, to find things out, to get answers that they wanted answered. Do you think that now we are no longer really willing to do that? Or do you think they still do it and it's just not to our knowledge? It's tough to say without the evidence that we've seen here. Right. Um, it's. I, I want to say that we don't do it anymore. And since there have been many rules and laws passed on ethics and what we can and can't do in the pursuit of scientific uh, exploration. I'd like to think that that doesn't happen, but I just, I just have to think well, how that does, somebody out there is doing something illicit. Right. Well, how, how does something like this not, not get into the conscious of an individual? Sure, it might be for the strive of science and to find answers, but you're affecting children's lives. That's what they. That's what a lot of scientific minds think. Like, if I can, I'm sure that what Peter Neubauer was thinking was, if we can define uh, that nature or, or nurture is the actual defining tenet of human development, then that would really answer a lot of questions, and and that would have been an amazing discovery. Right. But it's just about what are you willing to sacrifice to get to that point, yeah. and I think that there's a point at which you start sacrificing things, and the ends don't justify the means. Right. Which is why I think it's been locked up for so long. Yeah. Because even one of them, I think it was Bobby, was even saying when he first found out about the, the science experiments, it, it was he was like, "This is like some Nazi stuff." Yeah, and there was some there. Uh, there's a couple of research assistants that really weren't on board. Um, one of them uh, actually left the actually left the experiment. The group, yeah. yeah, left the group uh, because he was kind of not on with it. And there was another one, Miss uh, Yosinowitz. 
I believe, Josinowitz, oh, yeah. uh, who was a research assistant to Peter Neubauer. She kind of ran the twin studies, and, and she's absolutely she, adorable, by the way. <laughs> but to be fair, she kind of, like, she concerned me because she seemed like she was okay with it. I know, I know. It was a little weird, but she said she did kind of qualify it saying that she wasn't absolutely involved with it, so she wasn't completely in the loop until much later. What was it that she said? I don't know if you can remember the exact quote. She was saying something like, kind of like what you were saying when people found out that, that their lives had not really been the way they wanted them to. She was saying something along the lines of, why would you want to release this information to let people know that they their lives are not under their own doing? I think that's more of a what they don't know can't hurt them kind of right, thing. Right, which is another than... ethical thing. It goes back into the ethics of it. If you're doing this yeah, experiment... Yeah, but with, at that point, at that point, after it's all said and done, would that knowledge really help them? What do you think? In your opinion, do you think it would be more harmful or more helpful for somebody? Like, for instance, they brought this up at the end. There could still be more people out there who don't know that they're a twin, have no idea. I mean, as of, as of right now, me personally, yeah. But like, I can see where she's coming from. Right. I can see where she's coming from personally being involved with it. Yeah. But seeing as how I was not involved with the actual experimentation and, and working with it, yeah, definitely. I think that they should release that. If, if only to, to, to kind of honor those who were taken from their families and, and separated for the sake of this scientific experiment. Yeah, that's crazy. If only, yeah. Another, um, another experiment, I don't know what happened or what year it happened. I, I think you know which one I'll be talking about once I start explaining it. Also got me thinking about specifically the ethics of looking for answers. Um, there was a Stanford experiment um, it could have honestly been in the 60s and 70s as well, for all I know. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong. But it was the the Stanford experiment where they had prisoners and uh, guards. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Oh, yes, I do. I th- believe we've talked about this. We've, not, not on, on here. We've talked about it separately. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about it. Basically, the idea was that they had these uh, Stanford students, and they had this basement. And uh, what they were doing was they were... Uh, having half of them be guards and half of them be prisoners. They made this makeshift prison in the basement in one of the buildings at the school. And they wanted them to just be prisoners and be and be guards um, and pretty much see what happens. And it wound up being that a lot of the guards really took the authority to the next level. And it started to get really kind of dark what was happening in there. And I think... In that same experiment, it kind of comes along the same question of this whole sacrificing something. You're sacrificing these students, honestly, their mental state by putting them putting them in this situation of prisoner and guard. But there's one thing that I want you to consider here. Sure. These people were of consenting age. These were Stanford college sure. students who were adults. Sure. The question's a little bit different there because they can kind of make the choice that, yeah, I'm willing to put my own mental health on the line but the question in the was, pursuit of science. My question, though, is, w- of course, no one can know this. Um, no one could know the mental state that they would have been put through because they didn't know what, like, even the people, I think, put, running the test had no idea what the guards were going to do. Yeah, the but way they, that were they were willing. Ranked. They were willing. Yeah, I suppose. The people who were in it were willing. But that, that brings up an important question regarding this uh, twin experiment. Yeah. Because... At what, at what, where do you draw the line between the parents having agency over the children yeah. and, you know, having the children's well-being at heart? Do you think it would have been any different had the parents known about the experiment as well? That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, let me answer. Um, it depends because the parents, they, while they do have the agency, I feel like it's unethical because of, of there's no precedent for this. Yeah. Uh, this was the first experiment of its kind, as far as I know. And when you're dealing with children in development, we know at that point there was little known about how it worked. The psychological ramifications were unknown and could only be speculated on. And you don't really, you don't mess with children in their development because it's a permanent thing. Yeah. That's something that either becomes very, very hard to treat or it affects life to uh, affects life and, and social interaction to a degree where it becomes dark and which we will attest to later on when we when we continue this the discussion right um something that maybe i would have changed is of course it would reduce the efficiency of the experiment but it would make it a little bit more ethical it would be to do more like a like a 
not not like a case study because this is a case study right a case study uh, for those who don't know um is essentially where you pick a person you follow them throughout their lives in this case they've taken the people created the the experimental uh situation the scenario they wanted they created it which is the unethical bit yeah. uh, of you know separating uh, identical twins they created it and then they followed them through through their lives what might have been a bit better is you know seeking out these people and while it might have been not not the most efficient experimental design it would have been a lot more ethical you would have been able to interview these people find them like oh yes i was a twin i was separated but i find i found my uh, my uh, triplets when i was 19 uh, one of them, one of us went to college this story would have been a lot di- a lot more different and uh, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have this whole dilemma of yes i have this person's mental problems on my hand uh-huh. specifically um and i, I don't know if if Peter Newbauer had lived to to see it, I don't know what he would have thought about it. See what exactly his work had wrought. Yeah, because there was one of the assistants who who even said in hindsight he understood it was unethical. I I wonder if you're the spearhead of a of an experiment. I wonder if you see the ethical side of it because I think if you're the spearhead, I think you're you're so involved in dis- in seeking the answers that you're looking for. Um, that maybe you become blind to the unethical things an unethical nature that you are putting this whole scenario into. I think if you're an assistant, you might have a better, even though, yes, you are a part of it. I think you are kind of on the outside perspective still, because you're not the brainchild of this idea. This was all Peter's idea. And I think, sure. I'd like to think that he would say, yeah, you know, looking back, it was a bit unethical. I don't bit late for that though. Right. I think, yeah, exactly. And I think he would still say, he said, I think he would say, yes, you know, what we did may seem weird or may seem unusual to some, but in my eyes, this was the best way to, to, to finally solve the nature versus nurture question. But on the note of ethicality, sure. it's even crappier. Um, allow me to adjust real quick. Sorry. Um, it's even crappier that he didn't release the information. So that's kind of like running away from the problem. Yeah. And, and he even locked it up like not even like after i'm dead uh you can go ahead and release it just give it like a year or so yeah uh, no he locked it up until 2066 so Which is crazy. obviously he knew he wanted to hide something yeah he wanted to wait until the twins in the experiments had died off which by the way the twins had uh the or excuse me the 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 guys of this documentary is based on and and who have shared their story received access to those experiments but it was heavily redacted yeah to the point where like it was so much stuff was blocked off like uh, did they did they say anything specific about it well i, I don't remember. i don't think so because it was at the very end and they just said by the way because of this documentary oh right yeah they yeah. released it to them but it was heavily redacted so what tells me is that they probably did not have a whole lot of information re- uh, given to them yeah but the, what i was saying is like yeah so at the very least own it yeah and Absolutely. like say, yes, we didn't exactly find what we were looking for, but at least here's what we did. Yes, it was not the most ethical thing. Uh, also, I'm dead, so you can't you can't do anything about oh, it. Oh, Peter, but... welcome to the podcast. I'm <laughs> glad you're able to come here and talk about it. Hello. <laughs> I'm a dead man. I'm a dead Sorry, zombie. That's, that's, that's pretty dark. Here. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he did know. I think he did know. Because you don't lock it up that long, or if he, I don't, did he specifically lock it up, or was it just the government? No, I'm pretty sure he would have had to do okay. that because he's the run, he runs the experiment, right? Because I think they have to get some sort of permission for, uh, to unlock it now. Yeah, because like Yale's not going to because do that. he did get funded by somebody. They talk somebody, about that. Yeah. Well, he got funded by like this corporation who apparently has deep pockets. Oh yeah, the, the powerful Jewish corporation. Yes. I believe. Um, and I should point out the reason why you say the Jewish corporation, mm-hmm. uh, not just saying that because these boys were adopted from a specific agency. Um, I don't remember the name of the agency. They're no it's longer Louise in service. Something. Oh, Louise Wynn, maybe something Louise, like that. Uh, it was. Louise Wise, adoption Louise Wise. agency in New York. It was an adoption agency no longer around, but it was specific for uh, Jewish children. Exactly, yeah. So this Jewish corporation um, was probably who got Peter in touch with this adoption agency um, because they probably funded that as well. So they would say, hey, we have this available to you for your experiments. 
or for your testing, I shouldn't say experiments because they weren't really experiments. Yes, we have these babies here. Feel free to Feel use free them. Feel free to use the babies. <laughs> Take our babies. <laughs> no one cares about them. We don't want them. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Um, well, here's here's my the, the bigger question. But only for science. Here, here's the, <laughs> yeah, only for science. <laughs> Uh, you, but you can give them up for adoption for real if you want to. I mean, they were for real. Just make sure you separate them terribly. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Make sure they don't know who each other are. Um, we are condemning that. <laughs> yes, we are condemning. So here's the real question, though, that really made me want to talk about this. I think it's a bigger question than just A versus B. But I do want to ask you, do you believe in nurture or nature more? Which one do you do you do you believe has a bigger effect or does it have are they too similar well let me kind of paraphrase something that was said at the end of the movie please do um one of the one of the wives i don't remember which twin's wife was it eddie's wife i think so um but she said that it's absolutely nurture and they kind of go on in the documentary to kind of discuss the fact that they did kind of overplay their similarity for the they sake did. of the media because exactly. they were famous they were yes, they were. They started their own restaurant phenomenal. at one point because of their fame. Exactly, yeah. They, they started the Triplets restaurant, which was very successful too, specifically for that whole tourist nature of, oh, let's see the Triplets. Yeah. I want to be waited on by the Triplets. And because of that, they did, know, they did know that they did kind of overplay how similar they were. They were different people. Yeah. And they, while they had similar interests, that's kind of one of them mentioned that it is superficial. Right. And I believe that it's more of the core of a person, their needs their desires what what makes them people is not superficial and not something that is genetic mm. not hereditary uh, and i believe that's absolutely a a, a factor of where, where you're grown up with your external factors of, of, of how you're raised whether it be your parents whether it be your social status uh whether it be uh your whether you're religious or not i mean your external sources are exactly what define you as a person. Mm. See, this is what I think. I, I, I give it a percentage. I would say it's 80% nurture, 20% nature. In, in what way? For instance, um, I don't think, I don't think everybody, I think, or excuse me, let me start over. I think there are certain people that you can look at in history, like um, the mass murderers, the serial killers, the people who have, like, the Jeffrey Dahmers of the world, right? Who I believe were, I don't like saying born bad, but I think that part of them was always there from birth. From the beginning, they had something in them that was always there. But based off of the nurture would allow whether that is suppressed or whether it is more, uh, whether it is more, um, I'm trying to think of a good word. I don't want to say released. It's not really released. They're more willing as like a young, shaped, I guess. Yeah, like a young adult, they're willing to explore it more. Um, so I believe, I believe that there is some nature in us that will always be there. Well, I, However, I, kind of have, a, I have an issue with that, but I kind of want you to define what you mean by nature in this case. Well, when I say, when I talk about specific nature, I think that, like I said, and I may not be saying it in the best way, because we all know I'm the dumb one of the podcast, <laughs> and you're the nerd, and we all, no, I'm just kidding. You, you can't say I'm a nerd, <laughs> and then and then go on about, oh, I'm the dumb one. You did this to yourself. I, know, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, okay, when I'm talking about the, the specific natures and setups, I think there's... I'd like being nerd. I, <laughs> I think there's specific qualities within us that we have just automatically because you can look at people who have grown up in rough situations, who have come out on top, who have done well. You can also see people, maybe not have done well, just not only financially, but in their lives in general, they, they are living a happy lifestyle. You can look at the same thing in people who are in different households, maybe better off, who are also happy. And you can find people who are in both situations, someone who may be in a lower class, who have grown up in a rough family who have let that rough part of their family affect them into becoming people that maybe they were never meant to be fully but is that not nurture in that case because well, no, what, what, but, but what i think of nature is if, if i may give my own definition nature is something innate that you're born with it's hereditary it's right. in your dna and as far as i know the only thing that tends to be that way is stuff that is 
somatic stuff that's in your body like you have a genetic problem with your uh let's say some people somebody's born with a clubbed foot that's due to a mutation in their dna somebody has a problem with their bone marrow doesn't produce the right sort of blood maybe they have sickle cell anemia that's a genetic issue let me let me give you an example let me give you an example let's say you have tyler and cameron okay diaz no (laughs) they are both young men who are in living in definitely not poverty (laughs) they're living in poverty they are not only living in poverty but they have very similar parents um they are angry maybe drunk violent aggressive parents yeah but what are their interests (laughs) the kids are they getting good grades well, let me let me get into this. This is my example I'm providing. They're dealing with similar f- nurturing situations where their parents are not giving them the proper attention, the proper nurturing that any kind of growing kid needs. So, an external external factors in this right. case. Yes. Well, Tyler does do well in school still because he's strive he's striving to get out of this because he doesn't want this situation anymore. Cameron, on the other hand, has let that affect him, where it makes him angry, it makes him aggressive. And so he is, he doesn't care about anything. Um, he winds up maybe dropping out of school while Cameron is going into college now, or Tyler's going into college now. Cameron maybe um, decides to become kind of a lone wolf almost where he doesn't want to associate with people because he's tired of associating with people he just gets pretty much spit on and just in hatred from. They're going in different directions. They may have started the same, but they're going in different directions. Now, I'm not saying the nurturing didn't affect it. Negative nurturing can affect someone in a positive way too. Not always. But I'm saying is I think in Tyler, as this example, had this strive, had this determination that I think he was born with that allowed him to try to try to get himself out of that that Cameron didn't. Does that make sense? I I think. Now, I'm going to ask you something I'm, a little controversial. Can I be a little bit more basic? Let me, let, let okay. me just ask you this that might... Sure kind of elucidate kind of what's happening in my brain okay my head brain yeah now this is going to sound a little bad and it's not i'm not saying anything about you sure but just think about it this way now the example that you're giving Mm -hmm. leads me to believe that do you believe that every that people are not born equal then are people not born equal that's a fair question yeah i mean i I don't mean to say anything because i'm sure you do it's just your thought process here is kind of leading to that I, I do I do believe people are born equal. I think everyone is equal. Basically, everybody has the same potential. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But I think there are certain qualities that some people have and some people don't. Does that make sense? I believe I believe I know what you're. Or maybe from. Not, let me let me clarify it this way. I think everyone has the same potential. I think certain qualities are stronger in others than. Does that make? But is that a factor of genetics? Well, I don't know. I don't think it is. You don't think so? I think that. So even if they're in a similar household. Yeah. I think that is completely external and there are some factors that are that people like people think differently but it's all about like it's internal processes is also nurture nurture yeah. right you don't get born with thought processes like an orphan for example orphan on the streets who works his way up and becomes a better person uh, gets a job and you know ends up making a million dollars oh millionaire orphan boy or girl um, that person had their own internal struggle as well they they were right. they reacted to the environment whether that reaction was good or bad is not something that's determined by their genetics or the way they were born. That's their own thought process. But then again, it, it is a result of the negative or positive reinforcement that comes from the external environment. Again, like you said, negative negative nurture yeah. can result in a good person or a bad person. What about if, if someone's a part of a family that's very caring, very nurturing, and everything positive, anything you could ask for, not without being overbearing? Yeah. And they wind up being... I mean, a terrible person. I'm, I'm going to jump off the deep end. What if they wind up being uh, a psychopath? They wind up being somebody that is um, willing to harm others for their own enjoyment. Does that fall under nature or does that fall under nurture? That falls, in my opinion, that falls absolutely under nurture. And that's one of the reasons. Nurture or nature? Nurture. Okay, just making sure. Nurture. How does that fall under nurture? Well, let me explain. Do you know that Tennessee specifically has a big mental health problem? Yes. And you're aware of this. I am aware. Yes. Now, a lot of those people have committed crimes or have used Mm -hmm. drugs. Yes. If those people had gotten proper help, 
do you think that they would have gotten to the state that they were in? And it's, in some cases, it's not even their fault. It's just a matter of their situation, nurture. It's very possible, yes. I think that the uh, mental health kind of system in most states, in, in America in general, is a good explanation or a good demonstration of nature versus nurture. Right. A lot of people are absolutely successful. They go through a detox. They get, they, they, you know, they get clean. They stay clean. And that is, I believe, calling that nature in some cases, like some people might have addictive personalities, which, you know, there are, there is absolutely evidence for addictive personalities. Some people are more uh, geared towards alcoholism, for example, or they, they have a bit more resistance towards certain drugs or becoming uh, um, more resistant to uh, becoming addicted. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, the way that you respond to becoming an addict and then wanting to get clean, that's something that you, that you either come from within yourself or you are cared for by the people around you right. and you, uh, you acquire that skill. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That. And, and to go back for my own purposes. And one last thing I would say, just oh, okay. you know, as an appeal to the emotion, um, putting that stuff up to nature kind of you know, disregards the work that people do to get to the places that they were. If you say, oh, it's just because you were born that way. If a person worked really hard to get to the place where they were, it kind of negates the work that they've done if you put it up to their genetics. I want to clarify something. Sure. Which is what you interrupted me with. Go ahead. <laughs> I started off by saying that I believe 80, 20%. I believe 80% of it is nurture and that only 20% is nature. But that doesn't make sense to me. Like, where I think, does nurture I think, come in? I think nurture... Oh, it, nature, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> They're too similar. <laughs> I do think nurture plays the biggest role. That's what I'm saying. I think if you... And, and maybe my percentage is a little bit off. But I do believe that the, the majority of a person... Is affected through through nature or through nurture, and I, I know you're, you I'm confusing myself. That, yeah. No, I do I do believe that because you're right. Because I know you do. Because here's <laughs> the thing. Yes, I do believe because my dad has worked with the homeless before. I've met a lot of them, and I've I've been able to um, mingle only just a hair into that that world. More nowhere near that my dad or other people have. And yeah, you you know that, or I know that there are people who. Um, who are just put into a bad situation and the, and the things that are happening around them is make it harder for them to pull out of that, that shallow hole that they've either uh, really a lot of them unintentionally dug for themselves. The majority of them did not purposely get to a point where they are now. It's just now that the system is too difficult for them to get out, which is that's understandable. Nurture. That's nurture. I'm just saying that I believe there are certain characteristics that we all have that, or that, People have that just like, for instance, let's just be realistic. I'll talk about myself. I think I have a harder time with uh, um, staying determined and staying uh, uh, consistent with my dieting. I do, I've been doing a lot better, but here's the thing. like People are saying, oh, you should, you should work out while you're dieting. I can't do that because I know for a fact that if I try to do both, I'm going to fall off a little bit. I have to really kind of slow my rev up. I can't just jump into something. My dad, however, he wanted to cut out carbs. He cut out carbs instantly. He, he could stop eating bread the next day if he wanted to, which he did at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, if he decided like he doesn't Good want Good on him, by the right, way. He, he doesn't, that is tough. Well, to be fair, he also doesn't need to lose any more weight. He's, he's skinnier than I am. But however, I'm just saying like there are certain people who can say, who can be like, say, if they're smoking cigarettes, they could say, oh, I could stop tomorrow and, and really be able to stop. My dad did that. Why, right. Your dad was able and to I stop smoking. I absolutely admire him for right. that. Now, if there are other people out there who say, oh, yeah, I'm going to stop smoking. And they just they have a harder time with actually stopping. That, to me, is a little bit of nature. Not saying that the person who takes a little bit longer to stop smoking is like a worse person than the other. Like if you your dad compared to I'll just per, make up a person, Tony. If Tony has can, a, can his name be uh, John? Fine, instead? we'll make it John. John, because I feel like that's a little bit more generic. Sure, okay. Tony, you could be talking about Tony the Tiger, and I highly doubt that he's a smoker. He's he, he's he's yeah. he's, a he's a child's role model. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> They're great. Great. Tony, you're getting ash on my frosted flakes. Shut up. Um, <laughs> he's also really mean. That was dark. Um. Okay, so look, look, look at your dad versus someone named John. 
your dad was able to stop smoking almost immediately, which is great, which is fantastic that he was able to do that. Now, he did exactly what you said, where he said, I'm, I'm going to stop I'm smoking. Gonna do this. He threw out his pack and, and, and he was good. never did it again. John, however, said, I'm going to stop, but it's harder for him to stop. Takes a, it takes a little bit more time than just the next day for him. Does that mean John is um, not as strong enough as a person as your dad? No, that doesn't mean that. It's just that there's something in your, excuse me, in your dad that was able to get him to have that strive to cut it off immediately and never want to go back to it. Not saying that John is a bad person or he's incapable of something. I don't know about that. John likes to make puppies. I just, well, then John's a bad person. Yeah. Then. Um, I just think that John... Not you, John, specifically. If you're not listening. you, specific John. This yeah. is an imaginary no, This is a different person. Who makes puppies fight. Because really, you're a Todd. This is a John. Jason Todd. Um, Get it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Jason. We never said Jason. Um, I'm saying Jason. Oh, okay. John Jason Todd, middle name. Gotcha. He goes by his middle name. <laughs> okay, okay. Fantastic. He's but hush. anyway, I'm not saying John is a lesser of a person. But I think there's something that is in your dad that he just doesn't have. Again, now, is, if, is that thing missing from John? It, that could be... How do, you, how do you prove that it isn't due to his nature? Like That's the what way I'm saying. You, the nurture, the way that he was brought up. <laughs> Gosh, they're too similar. They are too similar. I don't, I don't know if you can, unless you get to know him and do this study that they did. Unless you get in there and study a person through their, their, their growth and see how their parents are, are teaching them and how they're doing it. You can only go based off of your own knowledge. Um, I'm not saying that nurture isn't a big part of now, things. Now, if I might interrupt, I, wanna, I do one, want to clarify one thing that. real quick. I'm sorry. Sure. No, one. I w- it just crossed my mind here that if you were to do an experiment like this, you would they have to ask. Know. No, no, you would have to ask parents to raise their children badly. <laughs> How would you do that? You can't. Yeah. You would have to just ask, like, hey, did you have a bad childhood? Well, let's talk. Do you want to be a part of an experiment? Do you want to tell me what's up? I mean, I feel like that's yeah, but, a little bit tougher also, than having also, firsthand. Sadly, unethically, you'd have to do what Peter did, which is you couldn't tell your par- parents ahead of time, hey, this is how we're going to... We want to see how you raise your children because then they're automatically going to be raising them in the right way when they're around. It's one of those things where, like, if you know you're on camera, you're going to act a different way than when you are... By yourself, Does that mean, so so I I really don't know how you can tell how strong nurture and nature is. I I will stand by that I do believe nurture is the strongest of the two, but I do think there is some I do think there are some things in us that will always prevail through nurturing. I'm not saying it's a lot, but I do think there are some things that just stick out that you know that's just how they were. That's just how they've always been. I guess if I were to concede on that point a little bit, it would be along the tune of this in the case of addictions and you know trying to get clean and stuff that involves desires and and staying away from those things and coming clean like for example um being addicted to sugar or being addicted to carbs or being addicted to anything that's addictive sugar is actually a really huge one caffeine's another big one yeah oh yeah Uh, alcohol is a huge one Uh, but when it comes to that there there is actual scientific evidence that's saying there are some people who have a bit more, I guess they have a they have a bit more firmness when it comes to staying away from them, and some people who are just a bit more susceptible uh, to the addiction that comes with it. Yeah. And I guess I would put a small small percentage on percentage on that because it's even if you do have that slight tendency, nurture plays a bigger part because if you do overcome it, that is because of your nurture, and if you fall victim to it, it's also because of your nurture, in my opinion. Like, it might be a reason. It might be a contributing factor. But if you simply were taught as a kid, you were spoiled as a kid, for example. Mm-hmm. You were given everything you no, wanted and you're not used to, not you in particular, John. Uh, let's say John was a spoiled kid. And yet he makes puppies fight. He makes puppies fight because he wants to fill the hole in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> because his parents gave him everything really but not dark, love. Yeah, we're going down a really dark rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm Continue. sorry, John. Um, okay, John got clean and he doesn't make puppies fight anymore. Oh, that's good. He fights other people. <laughs> he's a UFC fighter. Oh. Yeah, he got clean and he's, he's good now. Sorry, anyway, I didn't mean to derail Mid-tier, you. Mid-tier, though. If you're, if you're, it's not that great. You're, <laughs> okay, you're spoiled as a kid. Sorry, I didn't mean to All right, well, derail us. Uh, basically, he's, uh, John is spoiled as a kid and he was not taught to be disciplined on himself. Like, you can be disciplined, um, but if you're, j- if you're the, the type of kid who... 
is smart and kind of like finds ways around it, finds loopholes like, oh, I'm going to watch TV at night when my parents are asleep or my mom goes to work at this certain time. Let me steal money from her purse. That's something that you were kind of taught, I believe, um, either by neglect that you weren't taught to do otherwise or that, you know, you were simply not taught to discipline yourself, for example. And that's something that you can change about yourself when you're older or if you meet somebody and they influence you in a way or you go get help somewhere. That's something that you can be nurtured out of. But if, if, if something is, is nature, then you can't get away from it. Like, for example, you can't get away from sickle cell anemia unless you completely get new bone marrow. Or you can't get away from um, Huntington's disease, which is an absolutely awful disease. Do you know about it? Yeah. Yeah, basically it's a death sentence at the age of 34. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's no real cure for it because it's in your genes. Your, your cells just give out. So you don't you don't believe that there's a single quality in a person that could be just the way they are from the beginning. Psychologically, I don't think so. Um unless it's like a psychological uh tendency for schizophrenia or something. Right. And then again, that's not um that's not like a nurture versus nature issue. That's just a genetic thing. Some people are just more genetically prone uh to having those psychological type issues. And whether that be a uh, problem within the brain's chemicals itself or a, a problem neurologically, uh, that's something I don't know for sure. So let me get this straight, nerd. You're willing to... You know what? I'm just going to I'm just you, gonna own no, it. No, 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 no. I'm just going <laughs> to own it. You're willing to more debate... Yeah, with I am a nerd. Hold what on. do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you got a problem? You're more willing Sorry. to debate with me that I'm wrong about there being just a little bit of nature than to say to play devil's advocate with, advocate with me. That there could be a little nature besides genetic diseases. <laughs> I'm sorry. You asked me what I believe, and I told you my nerdy idea. <laughs> but fine. Let's play devil's advocate. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm a devil, but no, I'm and I'm advocating. <laughs> well, welcome, devil. Uh, welcome to uh, Advocating Restaurant. Yar. Um, yar, yes, exactly. He's a pirate devil. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I'm glad you explained that to me, your hostess. Uh, You're would you like to have Your a hostess? <laughs> Yes, I'm a woman. Do I not? Excuse me. Can I? You know what, Mr. Devil? If you could just leave the restaurant, I'm going to call my manager. Hold All right. on. Bye. Uh, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to eat here anyway. I'm going to go eat at Wendy's. All I, all I'm Sponsored s- by Wendy's. Oh, not really. No, we're not. Uh, all, all I'm saying is, as we get ready to close, because I'm sure we've gone quite a while. It feels like we have. Looks like almost an hour. Really? Wow. That's yeah. actually more than I thought. And my, my personal opinion is just, yes, I do believe nurture plays the, like, totally plays the biggest role in somebody's growth as a person. I do believe that. I don't think I'm the same, I'd be the same person if it wasn't for my parents. However, I do think there are just certain things ab- about me and about certain people that I think they are born with that just, that is always there. But Maybe we don't know for sure if that is due to nature versus nurture because we're not that person. Yeah, the issue that I have with that, um, if I may respectfully say, is that if you accept that there are good things that stem from nature, then you have to accept that there are bad things that come with nature. Oh, I do. I just don't believe that. I think that anything that's bad in a person psychologically, you can change um, with good action, with good nurture. Anybody who's bad can become good. Do you want me to make this really difficult for you right now? Go for it. So you're saying Hitler could be good? I mean, if he was not, I mean, I don't know. He's dead. <laughs> so you don't know. You don't know if he could have been good. And some people can, some people, if they don't want to help themselves, then they can't be helped. If, if Hitler was all like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have killed all the Jews, man. Then, yeah, maybe, I mean, he would, he would have to go to jail forever. Um, but he could change his own ideals. I, I do believe, uh, look, and I know we're, we're going to, this is a long debate. And this is something that... I think it's worth it, though. No, I know. I do. I do think it's worth it. I think this is a debate that, I'm very engaged. I could talk about this That's for what I'm saying. <laughs> People could talk about this forever and never get anywhere, really. Um, but but to me, if I, like, I just, like I said, I just... I do think there are some good and bad things out of nature. I do believe that there are certain people, like, in my opinion... And, of course, this is just my opinion. I'm not trying to force my ideas on you or anyone. I do think there are some things like the Jeffrey Dahmers or the... Zodiac killer or all those people who were doing these horrible things that maybe it wasn't nurture that made them the way they were that it was just something that was in them whether that be something wrong in their chemical imbalances that was just always there 
But if they were treat, could they be treated for it? That's something we can't know because those well, those psychopathic behaviors usually they end up either imprisoned or well, don't, aren't um, they supposed to get? Have the... we seen a reform from that? Have we seen reform from somebody who is psychopathic to that degree? We just shove them in the prison. We don't do anything. Isn't with that them. what prison's supposed to be? That's and what that's it's supposed my to ran- be. That's my random thought to end. What are prisons really supposed to be? Because they're they? not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. The prison about. system is supposed to be a thing where it's, it's supposed to be part of reform. You're supposed it's supposed to, to be a reformative system. Yeah, and to help, sure. to help get those people back into society. But when someone gets out of jail, whether they're a changed person or not, it's then harder for them to get a job because you have a felony. And I'm you sure you've seen that. You've yeah. seen that firsthand. If you have a felony homeless. on your record, it's, 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 it's... You don't get a job. Yeah. yeah. But Unless there are particular programs, there are some programs which are very respectable that specifically help um, ex felons get you know get jobs and get reformed. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, like you don't you don't really see them, you know, getting back into society the way that the uh, the reform is supposed to or purpo- purportedly supposed to work. Uh, sorry, Jack. I you know, uh, I know we had you in for this interview once before for this uh, grocery store job. Um, I'm calling you back in if that's okay with you for this. Oh sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah. I know you and your crew tore up our store, and you went on a bit of a pillage, if you will, as pirates do. That was like, I, I've been in, I've done my time. I've been. I good. can tell you no longer have the gruffy voice of an angry pirate anymore, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I fixed it. I mean, are, it comes you, in every are you, once. Are in a you while. going back to Eustace now? Going back to where? Your, Sorry? your old name, Eustace. Eustace. <sighs> or are you still going by Jack? I feel like Eustace is a name that. It's synonymous with my old with well, my he, old past, you know. Right. Well, here's so the I thing. go by Eugene. Oh, Eugene! So yes. You changed it, Eugene. Krabs. Well, Eugene, um, I appreciate you uh, trying to reapply, but however, because you were arrested for your uh, destruction of our store and pillaging of our city after we declined among your job crimes, interview, yeah. among I under, many I understand. others, you have a felony now. Right. So you can't stop. felonies. Felonies. Yes. Correct. Yes, there are more than one. So you, uh, Eugene, now. Um, once again, I have to decline you for this uh, grocery store. You job. can call me Huge for short. Huge. Yeah. Feel feel free to do. You can give it a shot. We've actually decided I'm not going to. Why not? And um, I don't like you. Is this because of the felonies? <laughs> You murder four people and go on a pillaging yeah. spree, and suddenly everybody thinks you're a bad person. I think, can I peel back the layers for a minute? Sure. I think you forgot what character I was talking about at first. I know the pirate. <laughs> but I forgot the name. You called him Jack, and I was... Because you went by Jack, remember? But, but in my to, head, he's Eustace the pirate. He, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I forced in an old bit. I should have gone with a new bit. All it's right. okay. In the future, right. let's just try and make new bits. And if they, if if we call back a character, it'll come naturally. It'll come back on its. Don't do it. Well, I just have my phone pressed up to my face. There's no reason I have my phone up to my face. Ring ring, ring ring, ring ring. Hello, Seamus. Oh, I thanks for calling. Think, How are you doing today? I didn't think you'd answer. Who's this? This is Marcus. <gasps> Marcus! Oh, from the old podcast. Well, it's not an old podcast. We're still doing it. But I feel like it's been ages well, ago. Well, we haven't called you in a while because you, well, you know. Because I'm weird? And yeah, you're I a little bit weird. People? Yeah, l- listen, um, Seamus, actually, this is a good question. Sheriff has just gone to the kitchen for a banana. And I wanted to ask you a question. Um, we, we just started talking about nature versus nurture. Was your baby thing nature-driven or nurture-driven? You know, when I was in college, I actually majored in philosophy. Oh, did and you? And this actually came up and actually was part of the reason why I started doing the things that I did that I was convicted for and, and successfully sent to So you're to saying it's for. all nature? Uh, absolutely so. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, I specific, at least in, in, in the case of leprechauns, there are bad leprechauns and there are good leprechauns. <laughs> Uh-huh. I just happened to Sorry, be a bad I just, one. I couldn't believe that I guessed it right. Like I, I when I when I said nature, I really wasn't sure. I thought you'd maybe be on the fence, but you're all nature. Oh no, it's leprechaun biology one hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> you get a bad leprechaun and a bad leprechaun. My parents, uh-huh. and you make them have a child. You have a double bad, and I happen to be a, a triple bad because. My parents come from two bad leprechauns, <laughs> and my mother came from two bad leprechauns. Yeah. But one bad leprechaun, one half bad. I'm going to go into that later, too. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. 
I am triple bad because my mum was half bad, uh-huh. half good. Yeah. And my dad was, was, all, was bad. all bad, yeah. but double bad. <laughs> double so bad two plus bad. one equals, equals three. Uh-huh. Or, what, or, you, or, or 2.5. Uh-huh. Which makes you the three. That's right. And that's, that's why when I, I skipped over apparently, breaking and entering. Apparently shame. Or Grand Theft Auto. And I went just straight to cannibalism. Yeah. Apparently leprechaun. I was saying shameless numbers, but it's leprechaun math. Um, apparently it's very confusing compared to human math. Well, why do you think it hasn't caught on? It's, it's a fair it's point. Difficult. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very difficult. And, and to be honest, there's not much use for it either with regular was, math around. How did you pass your lepre- your leprechaun school and everything? Like, well, why do you think I majored in philosophy? To get out easier. You don't got to do math for that one. <laughs> At least not leprechaun philosophy. Did you have to show your workings? Or show your how you did your math problems. I never had to show my workings because most of the workings... Yeah, yeah. We always had them about. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is about the everybody else's school systems forcing oh, you, to, you to do mental math. Yeah. Let me tell you about that. The American school system, this has turned into a little rant at the end of the episode. Uh, they apparently say you have to show your workings. You have to show how you got two plus two. Well, guess what? I got it was four. I don't need to tell you how I got it. And I can use a calculator. I understand that totally. You see, I've always had a calculator kind of embedded in my skin from when I was a little baby. Excuse me? My mum was a calculator. <laughs> really? That's right. So your father was a leprechaun. Your mother was a calculator. And you have a little calculator embedded into your, into your arm because of your mother. That's right. And that's why I couldn't major in math. That, because they yeah. said you have an unfair advantage because you've got calculators Because in your of skin. nature. That's right. It's absolutely it's nature. nature. That's crazy. Absolutely nature. Well, Seamus, I'm glad you got to talk to us one last time. We'll, we'll probably talk I just, again. I just love giving my two cents on I, this show. You know, I know. And hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. I know you're a bit on the run at the moment. but um, not, not anymore, actually. Oh. I was reformed just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I actually work in the prison. <laughs> oh, am I calling you from prison right now? I was promoted to a prisoner. After what I committed a lot of crimes. What were you before prisoner? What's worse than prisoner? A prisoner on the run. Ah, that is worse. It's a very fair point. Well, Seamus, I'm, have, have fun, and I hope you get reformed again. Me. Welcome, Sheriff. I'm, did you find your banana? No, they were out. I had to settle for a plantain. Plantain? Is that still a banana? I don't know. It tastes <laughs> like a banana, kind of. Well, I think that's a good way to end the podcast. I think so, too. Perfect Did anything happen What I miss? Oh, I called Seamus. I always miss that. Oh, no, you always miss it. He was in prison, apparently. You know, me and him actually went to college together. You went to college together? Yeah. How was the math there? I never, I never knew. Um, you see, Seamus, he was a philosophy major, and uh-huh. I was, of course kinesiology major so we didn't actually we were in different parts of the campus yeah but when we did hang out it was always a riot <laughs> i bet because there's a riot outside trying yeah. to get rid of him yeah <laughs> like literally it's always a riot right. he's always eating some baby oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> he's in prison now yeah he is he got recently mm. caught again it was hilarious well anyway the thank you guys lad. for listening with us um let us know tweet at us uh send us an email yeah i know we got a little bit more controversial than our usual subject well i don't know if that's a controversial i I do think it's very interesting i think oh it's absolutely i feel like this could go like controversial essentially in the fact that this is could go either way oh yeah and because of that i really want to see if you guys can either email us or or just interact with us us. kind of tell us give us your two cents yeah let us know um do you believe do you believe in one over the other do you believe in nature more than nurture or vice versa or do you believe that there's a percentage split where that there's more of one and a little bit of the other? Um, or is it 50-50? How, how do you feel about it? Let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. For sure. So thank you guys. And as always, bless you, Todd. Bless you, Todd. <laughs>